0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. God is good. Amen. It's good to be part of a church family that just loves and celebrates taking the good news of Jesus around the world. I uh, really want to take the moment today to, to thank uh, Brian Andrew and Tim Hanna who've led our church over the last uh, four or five decades and just uh, built in us through, through the Spirit of God, just a, a heart for mission and uh, a belief that as we take the good news of Jesus around the world his kingdom gets established in people's hearts and cities uh, get transformed it's great to have Brian and Moira here with us at our uh, 10 a.m. congregation why don't you just jump to your feet just for a minute Brian and Moira why don't you put your hands together one of these guys stay standing just for a minute just for a minute Can I I just say, i just just so grateful that God has brought me uh, to this church in this season, grateful for all that God is doing uh, across our church right now, and grateful for the way that God used you guys to to leave a legacy here that God is still uh, building on. Your your vision for the local church to actually enable us to have this facility on this piece of land, and your passion for global mission uh, continues to reverberate ripple uh, through the generations, I'll be eternally grateful uh, for the legacy that you've left here and the opportunity that I and everybody here uh, gets to be part of as uh, we see God continue to move in this church. Can you just put your hands together? Honour, Brian and Moira, Andrew today. Great to have you guys here. For those of you online, Brian will jump up here a little bit later and pray as we bring our commitments to Gateway Beyond. It was also great to have Tim and Chris in our 8am congregation, just a chance to honour them also today. You know, as we look back, we see over 40 years that the Holy Spirit has moved in in people's hearts and in our lives. The Holy Spirit has moved in the church and the result has been that the good news of Jesus goes beyond our walls. And it should be no surprise because that's what's happened not just for the last 40 years, but for the last 2,000 years. If you actually look back, you know, through biblical history for the last 2,000 years, when the Holy Spirit moved, the church was birthed and the immediate result, the immediate impact was that the good news was actually shared with people who didn't know it and people received salvation in Jesus. People heard the good news in their own language and they took the good news back to their own people. That's what the Holy Spirit has always done. Jesus promised that that's what would happen. And In his last words as he's ascending to heaven, he says, you know, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will be poured out on you. Power will be poured out on you from on high. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. This is always God's plan, that his Spirit would move in us so that his good news moves beyond us. His spirit move in us so that his good news will move beyond us. You know, after Jesus said these words, not much happened for a number of weeks. The good news of Jesus didn't go anywhere. The disciples were, were worried about being persecuted. They were worried they were going to be the next ones on the cross. And so they gathered together in a room and, and, and they prayed. And, and they prayed and they believed for God to do great things and for this outpouring of the Spirit to happen. And then a number of weeks later, it says the Holy Spirit came into the room It was like the blowing. It was so powerful. The Holy Spirit moved so powerfully. It was like the blowing of a violent wind. And tongues of fire came down. And the Holy Spirit rested on all of the believers in the room. Not just a select few. All of the believers in the room. Tongues of fire came and and landed on the pretty ones in the room, and the Holy Spirit became, came down on the pretty ones. Tongues of fire landed on ones that weren't so pretty, but were really, really smart. Not, not, not that the pretty ones weren't smart. It's possible to be pretty and smart. I tell you what she can do with packing a dishwasher. It, it, She's smart. She corrected me, gave me wisdom again last night. You know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came and landed upon young ones with long hair. Hasn't Lauren done a good job just uh, leading us through this Gateway Beyond season? Put your hands together for Lauren Lucas. The Holy Spirit came upon young ones with long hair, but the Holy Spirit equally came upon really old ones with little or no hair all of the believers in the room the Holy Spirit came upon them all they were all filled with power to be witnesses for Jesus now you need to understand this had never happened before in the past the Holy Spirit had just come on certain people at certain times for certain tasks It it was kind of at God's choosing according to his sovereign plan but just certain people at certain times for certain tasks. But on the day of Pentecost, as the church is birthed, the Holy Spirit comes upon all of the believers in Jesus. Every single one. They begin to share the good news of Jesus in languages that they didn't understand, but the people that had gathered did understand, and they all started to hear the good news of Jesus in their own language. You see, right from the very birth of the church, when the Holy Spirit moves in power, the good news of Jesus moves beyond us. It's always His plan. He doesn't ask us to do it in our own strength, our own might, our own wisdom. He says, simply be available, be willing to let the Holy Spirit move in you. So that the good news of Jesus can move beyond you. I'm going to just read just one story today about, about one guy named Philip. And, and, and Philip, you know, was one of the early believers in the church. In Acts chapter 6, uh, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit had moved into his life and had filled him. And people saw it and people saw his wisdom. And so they made him one of the first deacons in, in the church and they had the responsibility, because they were filled with the Spirit to, to reach out and give good news to the poor, to feed the widows. There, there was, it wasn't just, the Holy Spirit wasn't just in them just for their for their own satisfaction, but actually empowered them to, to give good news to others. And we see in Acts chapter six that one of Philip's deacon buddies, so filled with the Spirit, he, he wouldn't stop talking about Jesus. He wouldn't shut up about Jesus even though his life was on the line. And they stoned him to death. And they tried to stop the spread of the gospel. They actually tried to stop the spread of the gospel by trying to stop people sharing the gospel. But it didn't work. Because the Holy Spirit was, was moving so powerfully in their lives. It scattered people into Judea and Samaria. And they began to to, to share the good news there. And Philip is one of those guys who got scattered and it says in Acts chapter eight, he was in Samaria, and he started sharing the good news of Jesus there. And many people were getting saved, and miracles were happening, and, and you know, the, the glory of God, you know, was on his ministry, and the kingdom of God was being established. But right in the middle of this incredible, successful ministry, the Spirit moved him again to another place. So we're going to read that story today from Acts chapter eight. I reckon as we read this story, we can actually see a way that every single one of us can be part of sharing the good news of Jesus, and we also see why it's important for all of us to give generously to those who are called to move from city to city to city. To share the good news of Jesus, let's read Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, listen to what the Spirit tells Philip. Listen to how simple this is. Go to the chariot and stay near it. Pretty simple. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. Now these words are haunting words. 2,000 years later, they're still haunting words. How can I said. Unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. I want one of those moments once in my lifetime. Just kind of a beam me up Scotty. And, and take me to another place. Please, Holy Spirit, just just once. Who wants one of those moments? How good would it be? Took him away, and the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. You see, God you know, asked Philip to leave this successful ministry, masses of people, to ...to go to the desert. And then when he gets there... ...the Holy Spirit prompts him... ...to go and stand near a chariot. The Holy Spirit moves him... ...to a new place. Now Philip didn't understand... ...why the Holy Spirit... ...was doing that at that point. But this is what I want us... ...to understand today. When the Spirit moves in us... ...our feet will move... ...towards those who need Jesus... It's one of the signs that the Holy Spirit is at work and alive in your life. When the Spirit moves in us, our feet will actually move towards those who need Jesus. Now, Philip didn't understand you know, why the Holy Spirit moved him you know, to that chariot. Philip didn't understand that, that in that chariot was an important official from Ethiopia. Philip didn't know That in that chariot, this official was actually reading, you know, Isaiah. At that point, Philip didn't know, you know, that he was actually a spiritual seeker. His heart was open to discover the things of God. You know, Philip didn't know that as he was reading Isaiah, he couldn't understand it, and he needed someone to explain it to him. You know, Philip didn't know that this man was just ready to receive the, the gospel and would be baptized on the side of the road that day. Philip didn't know that this man would actually take the gospel back to Ethiopia, back to the continent of Africa for the first time in human history. Philip didn't know that the church would be planted in Africa for the first time in human history. And 2000 years later, the gates of hell have still not been able to stop its growth. It's still flourishing today. Philip didn't know all that. All he had to do was when the Holy Spirit said, move your feet to that chariot, He simply had to say, yes. He simply had to go. And sometimes you won't know why the Holy Spirit is moving you somewhere. But when the Spirit moves in us, He'll always move our feet towards those who need Jesus. He'll position you Near people who need Jesus. Paul goes on to say it when he's preaching his famous message in in Athens in Acts chapter 17. He says, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. God's actually positioned you. He's actually positioned you in a certain place at a certain time because he wants all the people around you to know Jesus. And I I wonder if during this disruption of COVID, if there's a repositioning and a reposturing that God is doing in some of our lives. For for some of you, you actually know he's calling you to, to move towards people who need Jesus in a new way. For others of you, you're already near people who need Jesus, but there's a reposturing to say, Holy Spirit, I want to be salt and light. I want to be your hands and your feet. I want to speak the good news about Jesus. I just believe there's a disruption going on in some of our hearts, and some of us are saying, I want to get on with this mission. I want to be part of this commission. You know, I actually want to reposition, reposture myself to be part of sharing the good news about Jesus. Just be willing and available for the Holy Spirit to move and stir in you. Sometimes we see the Holy Spirit as the spooky one of the Trinity. It's kind of like the Father, you know, is loving and caring, the Son, a, a Savior. And there's the Holy Ghost who's the spooky one. And we kind of don't know what, what He's all about. Kind of say we read this story and many other stories actually in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit actually asks us to do some very, very simple things with supernatural results. Very simple things. Go and stand near that chariot. Move your feet towards that person who needs Jesus. Just think about it for yourself for a minute. At some point, you felt a prompt... To ring someone if you're old, text someone if you're young, you know, uh, message someone, you know, if you're really old, cook a casserole for someone. God, I've never been prompted to cook a casserole. No, nope, it's not good news when I bring a casserole. But some of you, you're good casserole cookers. And, and so God's prompted you at times to cook a casserole for someone, or just write a letter, or just be there for someone. And, and you've done it, you've done this simple thing. And either immediately or somewhere down the track, someone actually says to you, you have no idea how much that meant to me and how the timing was just perfect. Come on, put your hand up if that's happened to you. Come on, put it up high so everyone can see it. You know, it's simple. Holy Spirit just prompts us to be near people, to be the presence of Jesus at certain times. And when we say yes... God does something that we couldn't have imagined, we couldn't have known about. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands this time, but my hand would be in the air that there's times you've just felt a prompt in your heart to reach out to someone who doesn't know Jesus, to share your faith with someone, just to be near someone, you know, who, who, who needs to know Jesus and you haven't done it because you just said, ah, oh, it's inconsequential, it doesn't really matter. And later, you realise it would have really mattered, and you live with intense regret. I've had those moments too. See, Holy Spirit, just asking ordinary people to do some really simple things with supernatural results. Listen to the prompt of the Spirit, and just be willing to say yes, and I'll go. I love what Isaiah the prophet says in the chapter before they're actually reading in the chariot. He says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. How beautiful are the feet. You know, growing up, no one ever described my feet as beautiful, but my feet stunk. You know I'd take my shoes off as a teenager and, and parents would check to see if their, uh, their toddlers had soiled their nappy you know my, my feet reeked and I always wondered why my bedroom moved further and further away from the front door of our house as I was growing up. Mum was just moving my shoes just away you know from any visitors until you know my son inherited my feet and I just noticed we started moving his bedroom further and further away you know from the front door of our house so our visitors didn't have to put up with it but you know in my early 20s when I first started in ministry I was going into schools and sharing the good news about Jesus I was I was young and a little bit nervous and unsure of myself I remember I was a church that I was visiting one night and uh, I was standing at the back and a guy came up to me I didn't know I didn't know anyone in the church and he said can I pray for you and I said sure I thought he was just going to put a loving hand on my shoulder and and pray a nice prayer but he immediately dropped onto his face on the carpet spread out and grabbed onto my feet and I'm thinking don't go too close mate they don't smell good and he's grabbing onto my feet and he starts to say God loves your feet your feet are beautiful I'm thinking you're the first person in the world that's ever said that about my feet and he says, God loves that you're taking good news into this place. And he began to speak this passage from Isaiah over me. And it was weird. And I kind of, you know, kind of glad it's never happened again. But 30 years later, or 20 something years later, I've never forgotten it. It actually gave me confidence to move my feet, to position myself near people who need Jesus, and that somehow I was present with people. He'd give me opportunities to minister to them. Beautiful feet are those who bring good news. I just want to show you a few beautiful feet in our Gateway family this morning. God loves these feet. They're beautiful feet. They're Morris's feet. They've been taking good news to the people of South Asia who are living in spiritual and physical poverty for 44 years. Come on, put your hands together for Morris today. These are beautiful feet. Janine's feet. They've been taking good news and proclaiming peace in one of the parts of the world that hasn't known peace for centuries and people are coming uh, to know Jesus. They're they're beautiful feet. These are beautiful feet. God loves these feet. They're Lindell's feet. They're beautiful feet because they take good news to orphans and widows who don't have good news in and of themselves. They actually empower them to, to, to lift up out of poverty and to stay together as families. And they hear the good news about Jesus, God loves these feet. J and J and M are actually moving their feet and have done for over 20 years, You know, to a part in the world where it's illegal to evangelize It's illegal to convert people to Christianity. But God loves their feet. They've been taking the good news there for two decades. God loves these feet. They're beautiful feet, Rob and Liz. Amy and Sam's feet, they've been taking, you know, good news to a a nation that's been closed to the gospel. They're, They're training up leaders in Myanmar to actually build the church. They're beautiful feet. God loves these feet. A little bit closer to home, Deb's feet are beautiful. She she gave out food hampers along with all the volunteers to ten thousand people in our city in the last year, bringing glad tidings, good news. God loves these feet. These are the Castle's feet. They're taking, you know, medicine and Bibles and pastors and they're reaching out to, to kids on the street with the good news of Jesus. God loves their feet. These are beautiful feet, the Conwell's feet, because they're taking the good news to a, a young generation in Thailand who are going to take the gospel, you know, throughout the whole world and they're blessing the... the The families of missionaries that are there in greater number than ever before. God loves these feet. These are beautiful feet. Dave's with us here today. He's the new CEO of Bloom. And they're taking good news to, to girls set free from trafficking and giving them hope for the future. Great to have you here today. Put your hands together for our new CEO. One more set of feet. These are Mike's feet they beautiful feet. Because just two weeks ago, he decided to go to a city where, out of 160,000 people, there's only one known believer. And as a young man, he's decided to take the good news of Jesus to that city. Beautiful feet. Can we just put our hands together for all the beautiful feet? <clears throat> uh, Great to support these guys. I want to ask you again, where's the Holy Spirit moving your feet? Where are you moving your feet to take good news? You know, this this Ethiopian eunuch asks a haunting question. He says, how can I know? How can I know what these old ancient words are about unless someone explains it to me? And then Philip opens his mouth and shares the good news about Jesus. You see, when the Spirit moves in us, our feet move towards those who need Jesus. And when the Spirit moves in us, our mouth actually opens to share the good news about Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. There's a play on words in this passage that you don't see as clearly in the English, but you see it uh, in the Greek You know, he's reading a passage from Isaiah where it says he did not open his mouth and he can't work out who it is. And then later on in the passage, it says Philip actually opened his mouth. He's making it clear that because Jesus didn't open his mouth, we actually get the privilege of opening our mouth. Because Jesus didn't open his mouth as he went to that cross. This passage wasn't about a prophet. It wasn't about a good teacher. It wasn't about another person sent from God to bring a message of God. This passage was actually about the very Son of God who was to come 600 years after this passage was written. And as he was led to the cross, he did not open his mouth. And if he had opened his mouth... And he had every right to open his mouth. Even when he was given the opportunity to appeal to Caesar, to appeal to the greatest, the greatest authority of the time, he chose not to open his mouth, even though he was completely innocent. He was an innocent lamb being led to the slaughter. He did not open his mouth. He didn't open his mouth because he knew that your sins needed justice. And if he opened his mouth and said, this is unjust, you would face the justice for your sins. But he kept his mouth closed because he knew that your sin needed justice. And he took your sins in a way that you didn't deserve and he gave you mercy in place of justice. In a way that you and I didn't deserve. He kept his mouth closed. And he who knew no sin became sin for us so that every single person on planet earth who put their faith in Jesus could be made right with God. He didn't open his mouth so that we can open our mouths and tell the whole world about Jesus. But many of us don't. Many of us never open our mouths to tell people about Jesus We might be courageous in a whole bunch of different things we do in our lives, we might be courageous in business, we might be courageous in sport, we might be courageous in our leisure activities, but but when it comes to actually telling other people about Jesus, we seem to lack courage. Peter was like that. Uh, Peter's one of my favorite dudes in in the New Testament. He was a man of courage. He's the only bloke who jumped out of the boat and walked on water. We all laugh at him because he began to sink, but nobody else got out of the boat. He was a man of courage. He pulls out his sword and he's ripping people's ears off. He's a man of courage. And yet the night before Jesus is about to be crucified, a young teenage servant girl with no power and no authority said, you're a friend of Jesus. He says, no, I'm not. Three times. So you can be courageous in a whole bunch of different areas of your life but actually being a witness for Jesus, actually telling people you're a friend of Jesus. We can lack courage. That was me growing up. I remember as a teenager, not wanting to tell anybody that I went to church, not wanting to tell anybody that I was a follower of Jesus. I heard a message a bit like this when I was 16 years old one Sunday night about the Spirit moving in us now, being a bold for sharing the good news about Jesus. and I was really convicted I'd never told anybody at school that I was a follower of Jesus. I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't know what they'd think of me. I just remember praying in church that Sunday night. Okay, God, use me. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to tell people about your good news. 16 years old, next day I, was running, I slept in as usual and I was running late for school. I was the last one getting on the bus for a school excursion. We're all going on an excursion somewhere. There's one seat left on the bus. You know who it was next to? Evan the Satan worshiper. And his two buddies were sitting behind him. They were all in black Sabbath shirts and they'd drawn pentagrams on their hands. And I don't think they were really Satan worshippers, but they kind of, you know, wanted to look like it. And within two minutes, Evan said to me, What'd you do last night? I was like, oh, God, this isn't fair. <laughs> Not him. I said, I oh, actually, I went to church. He said, I didn't know you went to church. I said, I oh, know. I've never told anyone before. And why do you go to church? And words came stumbling out of my mouth. It didn't make much sense. But, you know, something about Jesus died for our sins. And, and I believe His good news for the whole world. I didn't even say it that well. And do you know what they did? They laughed at me. And they didn't share their lollies with me the whole bus trip. People, that's as bad as it gets in Australia. I'm being serious. It's as bad as it gets. I learned when I was 16 years old, people will laugh at you and they won't share their lollies with you. What they won't share might change over time. You you open your mouth about Jesus, people will laugh at you still today. And they won't share their lollies with you. But some people will be like Ethiopian eunuchs. No, I'm not saying there's literally an Ethiopian eunuch in your workplace. But there are people like Ethiopian eunuchs where their heart is ready and you'll talk about Jesus and they won't laugh. But they'll begin to cry and their hearts will open and their eternal destinies will be changed. It's kind of worth getting laughed at and people not sharing their lollies with you. Ask belief. Believe. God's moving by his spirit. In this season, one of the things he's wanting to do is give us a new boldness to open our mouths and to share the good news about Jesus. In Australia, that is as bad as it gets. Why I'm so passionate about supporting and promoting and giving generously to our Gateway Beyond workers is some of them have gone to nations where the cost is much higher. They've gone to cities where people still get put in prison today. People still lose businesses today. People still get forced out of town today and this still does my head in, but people are still being put to death for opening their mouths about Jesus in nations today, in 2021. And if they're willing to go, to open their mouths. To share with the world that Jesus is the only way to be saved. And I want to support them. I want to keep them there. We've got to pray for them. And we've got to give generously. Because when the Spirit moves in us, the good news, sorry, our feet will move towards those who need Jesus. And our mouths open to share the good news of Jesus. Let me just read the last bit of the scripture again. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns. Everybody say, in all the towns. Until he reached Caesarea. You see, this Ethiopian eunuch was a spiritual seeker. He actually came to Jerusalem to worship. But what we see is the gospel changes everything. You see, as an Ethiopian, he was ethnically and geographically far off. He lived a long, long way from the temple. Long, long way from Jerusalem. He wasn't even mentioned as one of the ethnicities that was there on the day of Pentecost. Ethnically and geographically, he was a long, long way from the presence of God. Religiously and ritually, he was a long way from God. He was far off Even though he was a spiritual seeker and he came to Jerusalem to worship, he wasn't allowed into the inner courts. He had to stay in the outer courts with the Gentiles because of his condition as a eunuch. He wasn't allowed to come in close. As he's in this chariot and he's hearing the good news about Jesus breaking down the barrier of sin, tearing the curtain that once separated people from God, people who were far off could come close, he said, well, is there anything stopping me from coming close to God now? Is there anything keeping me at a distance? Is there any reason why I can't be baptised and immersed into this good news, into the community of faith right now? And Philip says, of course not. And so they get out of the chariot. And this man for years who has been ethnically and geographically far off and who has been ritually and religiously far off is now immersed in to the community of faith and into the very presence of God. And the Holy Spirit came into his life and he goes goes away rejoicing. He's never known joy like it. It reminds me of Luke chapter 15. You know, one lost coin, one lost sheep, one lost person becomes the priority of heaven. Leave the masses to go and find the one. Priority of heaven. And, And when that one is found... There's a party like you've never seen before. There's rejoicing. Jesus says a number of times in Luke chapter 15, he says, I tell you in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing by the angels of heaven over one sinner who decides to repent. You see, when the Spirit moves in us, our priorities move. Our priorities move to take the good news of Jesus beyond us. And and for some of us here today, there's some priorities that need to move there's some things in your calendar that need to move because every single one of us can be part of this kind of Philip ministry we we can actually move towards one person, be present with them and share the good news about Jesus and maybe you just got to make a move, there's a reposturing, there's a move in your calendar to change your priorities but Philip's ministry is a ministry that not many of us are called to We actually see the Spirit just picks him up and moves him to Azotus and then he keeps moving from city to city to city preaching the gospel in all the towns until he gets a long way away in Caesarea. Not many of us are called to do that. All of us are called to go to the one. But not many of us are called to go to city, to city and learn new languages and to share the good news about Jesus. That's what our gateway beyond workers are doing. And so the other priority that needs to move is we've got to get our wallets out of our pockets to enable it to happen. To give generously so that the Phillips of this world can keep moving to new cities and sharing the good news about Jesus. As you've seen today, it's our heritage. It's a legacy that's been part of this church for a long time. 44 years ago, Morris moved to a city in South Asia where 0.4 of a percent of the population are Christians. Largest least, re- least reached people group in the world. 29 years ago, Lindell moved to a city where nearly half a million people are HIV positive and innocent kids are left as orphans. 28 years ago, Janine moved to a city where only 2.2% of people know Jesus and 2.9 million people are living as refugees. 21 years ago, J&J and and M moved to a city where Christian evangelism and conversion is illegal and many people convert to another religion for financial reasons, for fear of losing their business, of losing their livelihood. Eighteen years ago, Neil and Gwen moved with the first team to a city, to a nation where there are two doctors for every million people. That's a thousand times less than what's in Australia. 16 years ago, Ryan and Anna moved to a nation where there are 6 million people that are unreached by the gospel and tens of thousands of street kids beg and steal every day just to survive. 12 years ago, Rob and Liz moved to a city where 0.1% of people are Christian but 80% of men are impacted by methamphetamines in the Golden Triangle. Five years ago, Stephen and Karen and Ava and Eliza moved to a city where more people are moving to actually share the good news of Jesus than ever before. And they're teaching their kids and raising up a young generation. And just two weeks ago, Mike, one of the young men in our church, moved to a city where there is one known believer of 160,000 people. Church, we have a rich history but God is still moving today. We've got a rich history of people making big sacrifices to take the good news of Jesus beyond these walls and around the world. And God is still moving today. And for some of us, there's a reposturing. There's a repositioning to be near people who need Jesus. For some of us, there's a a power from the Holy Spirit to actually open our mouths and to share the good news of Jesus. And for all of us, there's a moving of our wallet out of our pocket. I heard someone say this the other day. I'll give them credit because I don't want to get in trouble for it. But he said, when ordinary believers are filled with the Holy Spirit, they can't keep their wallet in their pants. Their wallet just keeps moving. There's a spirit of generosity that comes over. Ordinary believers filled with the Holy Spirit to actually see the good news of Jesus go from city to city to city. Today we can all go to one. We can all move our feet towards one person who needs Jesus. And we can all give generously. Generously to those like Philip who are called to move to other cities. Been such a wonderful legacy throughout the years in our church and we get to continue it today. It's actually going to take $750,000 to see all of those people keep being supported and stay on the field and all of the projects and ministries continue into for another 12 months. I want to encourage you today to give generously one of these... Uh, commitment cards you would have received on the way in. And whether you've filled this out every year for 20 years or whether it's the first time you've ever done it, can I really encourage you to do it today. Whether, whether you're making a pledge of what you're going to give at some stage in the next 12 months or whether you're putting your credit card details down here and you're setting up a direct debit you know, for the next 12 months, either way really helpful if you hand in these little bits of paper. If you're online just go to the, in the chat. You'll see a link to one of these cards electronically or to our website. Take you to a place that you can do that. It helps us make our commitment to all of our Gateway Beyond workers and all of our projects around the world for another 12 months. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to make this commitment to see the good news of Jesus go beyond our walls and around the world for another 12 months. Mark and the team are going to sing. Let me just pray. Grab a pen out of the pew, grab one of these that you got on the way in and just start to, just to make the commitment that God is writing on your heart. God, right now, God, would you speak to each one of us? God, where there's a reposturing that needs to happen, to be in a place to share your good news about Jesus with people around us, God, would you do that? God, would you pour out a generosity upon us today from your Spirit? God, we just say, come and move by your Spirit in our hearts. God, that we would be a generous people because we can't contain the good news that you've given us. But more and more people around the world have got to hear it. God, help us to be obedient to you today as we give. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Mark and the team, you're just going to sing for us for a minute. Just give you a chance, if you haven't already, to fill out that uh, commitment form. In a minute, we're going to bring them together as a church family. Thanks, guys.
1: Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my King, take my lips and
0: When you're ready, if you want to make a commitment today to, to see the good news continue to go around the world through our ministry of Gateway Beyond just whenever you're ready, just come and put these uh, commitment slip in one of these buckets down the front and just take a moment to pray for those who are on the screen the good news will make an impact right around the world in the next 12 months just come when you're ready as Mark and the team continue to lead us you again for your generosity this year. It's always an incredibly moving morning for me every year. I really missed it last year online. Great privilege this year to have uh, Brian Andrew, uh, one of our former senior pastors, left such a great legacy in this place and still lives with a passion. To share the gospel just pray uh, for us and all of our gateway beyond workers today why don't you give brian just another uh, big round of applause as he comes to us.
2: let's pray for all of our workers father we pray that their eyes would sparkle with the joy of jesus we pray they'd have warm hands hands that bring the healing touch of Jesus. We pray for the words they speak, that they would be the words of Jesus, the life-giving words of Jesus that set captives free. We pray for their feet, that they would always be ready to take opportunities and create opportunities to share the gospel of peace. We pray that rivers of living water would flow from their innermost being. That you would use them, protect them, empower them, bringing many out of darkness into your kingdom of light. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank Brian
0: for us today. Hey, I'm going to invite the uh, prayer team and pastoral team down the front just as we sing out a uh, chorus of this song. If today you just know there's a reposturing going on in this season. You're just saying, God, come and use me. Move my feet. Open my mouth. Or use my prayer for anything at all today. Come on, as we sing this song. Just take my life. Just come and receive. Just let these guys pray over you today, wherever He's calling your feet to move, to be your good news. Just come and let His Holy Spirit just stir in you today. There's a stirring going on, there's a moving going on. Just come and receive as uh, we continue to sing. stir in us by your holy spirit god today would you just speak your life giving word over us god where we need courage would you give us courage god where where we need just creativity to to share your good news and word and deed god would you just give us creative ways to get your good news out there God, I just believe there's there's writers and publishers, there's songwriters, there's poets, there's artists in this room. And God, you're stirring them up today by your Holy Spirit. God, would you stir in them? that There'd be a generation of people just sharing your good news in creative ways that would, would break into hard hearts, would heal broken hearts. God, would you fill us up afresh with your Holy Spirit and send us out to be your good news. I pray in Jesus' name. Just continue to come. If you need someone to pray for you this morning, we'd love to pray for you. Once you've got someone to pray for you, head out. Flavors of Beyond is happening out there. All the proceeds go to support our Gateway Beyond workers. Enjoy some time together in community. Encourage someone today. See you next Sunday. God bless. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to get connected with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.